Father, we thank you for today. We give you all the praise. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We say be that exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, as we go into the lesson tonight, we ask for help. We ask for the provision of your spirit, even to go through this class, that you will say what you want to say to us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know you've answered us. We give you all the praise. We ask for much help, Father. We ask for much, 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 much help, Father. Help us tonight. Help us. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. For in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Welcome, everyone, here uh, tonight, this evening. <clears throat> and, uh, welcome to live class. I hope we're all excited to be here. So I'm owning my camera today so that uh, we can all see my faces again. Amen. So Amen. before we continue, uh, just like last week, I'd like to just establish some help. <clears throat> and um, I'm not seeing Wesley here. He helped me uh, last week. But uh, if anybody can uh, help me volunteer to help read the the scriptures that would be great or i can just uh call someone to, to help me but uh <clears throat> if you if you're willing to to help me tonight just say hi oh okay i have a, a hand raised up thank you joy uh thank you thank you so you'll be our scripture reader today amen and also, before we continue, uh, it would be nice to get some sense of the feedback. So if some of us can just uh, unmute our mic, if we can, that would be great. Just so that uh, I get some feedback and I don't feel like I'm, I'm talking to myself. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Or muting, I really appreciate. Amen. So, straight to today's class. Um, I don't know if any of us can remember what we discussed last week. I would like to actually just quickly get a quick, quick recap from last week. And if someone can help us with where we stopped, so we can continue from there. I just want to just uh, give you a or you know, just put us together today so we know what we've been talking about and then we'll continue from there. Does anybody want to, to go ahead to just uh, give us a quick recap from last week? <clears throat> anybody? Or should I call someone? Okay. All right, I'm not seeing any hand up, so. Maybe I'll call, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll close my eyes and then whichever name I see first, I'll call. Okay. All right. Um, Brian, are you able to help us with a quick uh, recap? Are you, are you in a place where you can just uh, help us with a quick recap? Good, good evening, sir. Good evening. Everyone. Um, so last week's 
um, last week's topic, uh, just like a very general overview. We're just looking at um, faith towards God and um, what that entails for for every believer or everyone who is born again. Um, I believe you taught around the you know subject of faith. One of the places that we opened to was um, Hebrews 11. It says, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And just from my recollection, I think you um, really laid foundation on how faith substantiates um, things invisible, right? Or how um, faith is the means by which we can, um, we can essentially maybe get things through spiritual means or we can access spiritual things, right? And um, one of the, I guess, key takeaways for me was how, you know, as a believer, um, whatever we, uh, we, whatever, how our, our life should be lived out on this earth should be through faith, right? And so um, in everything that we are doing, um, our hearts, uh, you know, our ambitions, our gaze should always be in a place where we are constantly seeking God. Um, to be the kind of like provider or be our source for everything. So um, just taking a look at the at the notes, I know we covered um, different subsections, identifying what, um, you know, what faith towards God really means. And I think one of the things that you mentioned was the fact that it's, uh, as I said, it's a dogged expression from man's heart, which shows his commitment and total reliance on God and his word and how um, faith is beyond just, I guess, asking and receiving, but it's more so like a life, if I can just summarize and say that. Uh, but those are some of the things that I kind of just took away from last week's class. Awesome, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, Daniel, you wanted to help us, okay, go ahead. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Uh, so um, I think just to follow up on what my senior has said, um, Brian, uh, you know, last week we were talking about faith towards God, and I know, you know, we talked about how the men of old, how they had faith, and, you know, you were talking about how even when the spirit man died, that um, the, the soul did not lose faith entirely. You said about, you know, that spirit, you know, died instantly, but the soul dies progressively, and I think you talked about how even to some extent, some souls have faith preserved and God has a wisdom on how, you know, he has preserved faith on earth. If you look at different cultures and we say that um, even at New Bet, you know, the process of believing required us with faith. I think we talked about that. So you were explaining, we, had, we defined what faith was from Hebrews 11. And we said how, you know, it was impossible to please God without faith. And we talked about faith was God as... Um, the faith towards God shows our total commitment and our reliance on God and how it helps us believe in the supernatural. And you say it was how, you know, we interact with things. But my key takeaway or the mind-blowing moment for me was, you know, when you said you know, that the spirit died instantly, but, you know, soul dies progressively. And you said, like, the soul of man is the currency in the spirits. And then that um, the soul of man is an eternal fabric. I think you are talking about something along that line. That, that um, so it's our soul that we spend basically. So 
I think that was where you know that uh, that um, only internal substance can substance can satisfy you know the soul, and the soul is made up an internal fabric. So, I think you know you said something along that line, and we're trying to relate it with how you know how things that can satisfy the soul and how the devil's mission on earth, you know, is to replace our faith. And I think we're having like some conversation with some friends this evening and we're talking about how the devil is, you know, what the devil is really doing is replacing our faith, is to give us other things to uh, put our <clears throat> put our total commitment and, and reliance on rather than having faith towards God. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, sir. I think those were the things I brought to my memory. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping us and thank you. Uh, Brian as well. I really appreciate. Awesome, awesome. So we'll continue uh, today. So where we stopped last week is um, we're discussing um, what faith enables us to do, right? Um, so first of all, okay, just just to just cap everything that has been said. So we we looked at uh, faith towards God. So we're defining faith towards God. Um, of course, uh, from the summary we have, we've had, you know, we've discussed a lot of things concerning that, and also uh, we define what faith is, right? So faith is, and uh, we we, uh, we looked at Hebrews eleven one, and it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, so faith, therefore, is a substance and evidence of things. Uh, so we define faith as substance and evidence of things. Um, that's irrelevant. I mentioned that we should memorize that um, passage, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and also Hebrews 11.6, which says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. Um, so those two, those two um, Bible passages uh, uh, is, is something to to make sure that we meditate on, we think about them. Um, and one thing I realized is that the more you talk about faith, you realize that the, the more you have to talk about it. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to talk about faith, really, um, because faith is intertwined into every aspect of our life. In short, the way we live is by faith. And what that means is that every fiber of your interaction with visible and invisible things is by faith. So whether you are sitting down to eat, you are sitting down to drink, you are sitting down to talk with, with friends, there's an element of faith in those interactions. So faith, we can't do without faith. Faith, man is designed to literally live by faith. So I just give the example of whether you are sitting down to eat just to make it as no, we never even think about it that okay, you are sitting down to eat is faith. Well, yeah. Everything about us is faith because faith is life, pretty much. Um, so we just define faith. Faith is important. There is no, there is no salvation without faith. There is nothing with there is there is no interaction with God without faith. Or let me put this way: there's no interaction with the invincible. And when I say invisible, I'm talking about with reference to God's level of invisibility, because invisibility also has levels. There is invincible things even in the natural. So, for example, you have a microscopic, um, uh, you have microscopic 
the organisms, yes. Now, those ones, they are invincible to our naked eyes. But when God is classifying it in the order of visible and invisible, they will probably be, they will be classified under visible things. Because God can see it, we may not be able to. We just need the magnifying glass, but it's not hidden to God. Right. Um, angels can see organisms and all th things like that. Um, however, when it comes to the way God judges things, so God is invincible, and that is the standard of invisibility, really. But of course, let me put it this way things spiritual are invincible. Um, but I'm just saying that just to give us a general, general understanding of um, you know, just how we interact with faith, both visible and invincible. Um, so faith is tied to every fabric of our being. When we make decisions or do things out of faith, it is clear we're going to work out of God's uh, will. We're going to work out of God's pleasure. We will not do what will please God. Rather, we will do what will hurt him, right? Because we are breaking his heart. It says everything that is of faith is good. Or whatever is good is of faith. That which is not of faith is not good. Amen. So quickly, because uh, I don't want to talk too much about the recap, um, but so we talked about faith. We defined faith. Hebrews 11, 1 and Hebrews 11, 6. Those two scriptures are very, very important. Like I said earlier. So meditate on it. Think about it. We're going to read it again, I guess, today um, because there's a lot of things to cover. And from those things, we'll get there. And I'm trying my best to both speed up and not speed up at the same time. I mean, I guess go in a pace that is that is on cruise. I'll put that way. Cruise, cruise pace. Okay. So we define faith and then we define faith towards God, which is a dogged expression, like from a man's heart, which shows commitment and reliance on God and his word. Right? So we then define what faith can allow you to do or that it enables you to do. Faith towards God, right? So let me, let me clarify again. Faith towards God, we define it. Then we are now talking about faith towards God what faith towards God, what it enables you to do. Part of that is faith towards God enables man to walk with God. So we talk about, talked about Enoch, right? And talks about the ability to have a relationship with God. Um, faith towards God enables man to walk with God. Then the next aspect is faith towards God enables man to suffer for God's name or for his name. So when we go through adversities and through different difficult situations like the three Hebrew uh, men, we will, be, we will be fully persuaded to still trust on God. Even when we see many contradictions, when things don't seem like it, um, we can still trust God. So for example, I guess this one, we can all relate with it because this is a very easy adversity that everybody faces at, at one point and one moment of our life. And this adversity is that we may not have money. So, I mean, even though this particular example is not specifically about suffering for his name, I mean, it could be suffering for his name in the sense and aspect of not compromising God's life to gain things. So let's say we, we don't have money and other things, you know, are saying, come here, do bad, don't lie so that you can get more money. You, you refused to do that. Well, that's the part of it. I guess that's a good example. You refused to do that because you trust that God is going to provide for you. And God is going to make provision available. God is going to supply your needs. He's going to supply money to you. 
So you can trust God in the face of that adversity. And you are fully persuaded against many contradictions that God will come through. So pretty much the invincible becomes much more tangible than the natural by faith. And I'm putting emphasis on this invincible becoming more tangible because that is a very important aspect of our life, even as believers. Why? Because the sense, even though an unbeliever may have a sense of spirituality, maybe they, you know, they are worshiping idols and different things, but in a sense still, um, we, they are still not relating with things invincible as they ought. Although it may be easier for some people if they get born again to quickly believe, oh yes, the invincible exists. But when you look at the way God or let's say the, the, at the advancement of Satan's life, you see that in, in nations, it's beginning to remove elements of spirituality, even though the world is, things in the world is becoming much, much, much more spiritual than it has been before. But Satan is, uh, is removing a sense of spirituality from men. You know, just trusting, you know, trust the system, trust, um, everything and thank God, you know, even COVID shook the system a bit to make us know that all power belong to God. I'm just saying that. But let me move forward. So faith towards God enables man to suffer for his name. I've talked about that, and then it also enables man to depend on God for his need, and that's where we stopped. So it also enables man to depend on God for his needs. And here, uh, I guess the example I give about money, um, you know, this 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 easily ties into it. it says. It enables one to depend on God for his need. Man was not created to meet his need in his own way, in his own time and with his energy. Anybody with this mindset is a Gentile. So we read Matthew 6, 31 to 32. Now, that's where we stopped. I explained that a bit. So I'm going to move further from there. But I want us to take note of what faith enables us to do. It says it enables us to depend on God for our needs. It enables man to depend on God for his needs. So I'm putting us there. It enables us to depend on God for our needs. Man was not created to meet his need in his own way, in his own time, and with his energy. Anybody with this mindset is a gentile. So we we'll define that. Then moving forward, I'll go to the next line, which says, faith enables a man to trust God for his carnal needs to be met. Faith enables a man to trust God for his carnal needs to be met. Now, I mean, the example of money I just gave you just tied into this perfectly. Now, we have needs, spiritual, both spiritual and both natural. Now, of course, our spiritual need is essential, is most important. However, because we are on earth um, and we are you know, moving, we need to no, live in a house or get accommodation. We need to eat. We need to uh, drink water. We need to, uh, you know, just natural needs that may, that may arise as a result of working on earth. And so that is, you no, know, I guess, is part of, you know, just our day-to-day -day life. Now, with all this thing, because the way God initially designed man to live is by faith, means that God is meant to be the supplier of our needs. So even though we're going to go to work and, and you know, earn money and you know, uh, you know, be able to meet just canal needs, we are not meant to depend on our ability to find money and meet certain needs. 
We're not supposed to depend on that, even though we can do that. But rather, we're supposed to trust more on God to supply our needs, meaning that whatever we do, we totally depend on God for supply, for provision. That way, it will influence our judgment when we are you know, walking on earth, when we are making decisions, doing things. The way we go about them is very important. And that is why faith is essential. And I realize that people that live by faith don't trust in what they can say, what they can do. They have a different way of thinking about life, which is different from the way the world will think. So, for example, if you're saying you're looking for a job and you're trusting God, and you know, even though you're applying, if, if you don't even mention you're applying to jobs, just say you're trusting God. The first thing everybody will say is you're trusting God. God is not going to look for a job for you. I mean, you've not said that you're not looking for a job, but it just shows you know, generally the way we just look at things. The moment we say, oh, you look for just everybody will start looking for a solution for you, right? It's just because that's the way, you know, naturally we are just tend to, to behave. But rather, the scripture tells us that we are to live by faith. So even though we are going to apply to jobs, get a job, or start working to meet natural needs, we are not supposed to depend on that as the source even though God can use it. So for example, when we get a job, God can use that to meet our needs. So we just see what we do as a means for God. God can use anything. And that is where faith comes in, whereby you may not have money in your account. There's a present need that is pressing on your face like this. What you can trust God rather than going to look for and now let's say look for let's say cunning ways looking for uh what's that word looking looking for a i guess i'll just use cunning means but there's another word that's coming to my account i don't know it's in my mind but i can't fetch it um it's it's talking about you know not just doing anything for the sake of you know having my no i'm talking about money but God knows. So we're supposed to fully trust God. So maybe there's a pressing in pressing on, on our faith, but we can still trust God for to supply. And that will create patience in us. So the way we approach things is with patience. It's not with haste and not with worry, not with fear that, oh, Lord, this person need, or maybe you have a deadline. And you know, there are different, different examples of, you know, maybe most of us here that have seen how God can you know, make provisions. Uh, I don't know um, because of time, but, you know, I, I've heard particularly even about Pastor Jeff, you know, when he was, you know, in school, how God miraculously provide uh, and, and supply his you know, school fees uh, at some point. And even for me, there were times that I was in need of money. And those times, uh, I would just trust. And all of, and one way or the other, the money would just come. Even though, and the funny thing is I was even working at that time, but the work I was even doing was not enough to make provision. And God, through another means, provided. So if we had, if we relied on our job, the way we behave would be different. Why? Because we would think, we would think of, we think of maybe adding another job quickly to meet the need, or uh, quickly taking more overtime that we can handle. You know, just different things 
or different ways man can try to meet his need in his own way, just as we read earlier. And the scripture tells us, and this, I know this class also tells us that that is how a Gentile would think. That is the mindset of the Gentile. But a believer trusts God for provision. So while you would have a job that gives money, there might be needs that may arise that would surpass that. But that does not mean that God can provide another way. God can make provision. So we should not so we are not supposed to depend on ourselves for our needs to be met. We are meant to depend on God. So faith enables this to happen, whereby you are absolutely sure of God providing for you. So God will be a provision for you. And according to one of God's uh, God's names, said Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Jireh. I don't know which translation is actually accurate, but I've seen two different versions. So Jireh, meaning that God, my provider, is part of the name of God. So God is our provider, meaning that there is no need that you have, a heart to femur, that God can't supply your needs. Amen. There is no need that you have that God can't supply your needs. So this should also give us faith and embolden us to trust on God more concerning our needs. Because we know that the way we receive things is not by the, so the way the natural, the way you see things in natural is that you go and work, go and do things to end. But you receive things from the invincible, from where, you, for, from where men don't think things can come from. And that is from God. So God in his infinite mercy, in his power, can supply, can move things in the natural, can move things towards you. So you are not entirely just dependent on your strength for provision. God can supply. So let me move further. Say faith enables a man to struggle for his kind of needs to be met. Abraham, the father of faith, and our mother Sarah believed God for a child, even when they were well stricken in age, and God gave them Isaac. Now, just that, that's an example of how faith enables us to depend on God for our need. So part of our need also is the need to give birth to, you know, to a child. So some, some you know, uh, I don't know which culture specific specifically but you know, there's a saying in in, uh, in my culture which says that if you come and you don't have a child you, you just came to the word lasso meaning without without any uh impact pretty much but that's not how it is in the spirit right but it's just putting about but what what that what i'm just trying to bring out from that is that there's a way we put premium and just you know, giving birth. So it could be something worryful. It just means that even in that, God can still provide. So look at Abraham. Say, Abraham, the father of faith, and our mother said, I believe God for your child, even when they were well stricken in age, and God gave them Isaac. And I'm sure we're all well familiar with them. And if we're not, it's about Abraham, who was very old, and Sarah as well, right? Who about 100 years, and Abraham about 100 years, well stricken in age, which means at that time, so they were well stricken in age. You would have, you know, you would have thought their body would have fallen. It's too old. There's no, there's no need. Even the wife has gone past menopause long time ago. And you have expected a womb to be dead, can't produce any child. But God made, God gave them a child. And it is by faith. 
because Abraham believed God. And, you know, we also see references to that in, in scripture when Paul was talking about it in Romans, when he says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, Abraham is called father of faith because of the way he worked with God. He had so much faith. He believed God. So when God told him, I'm going to give you a child, he believed God. So by faith, Emerald Father, by faith, Israel ate manna, drank water from the rock, crossed the Red Sea, and Jordan on dry ground and conquered the land of Canaanite for inheritance. That's Romans 4, 18 to 21. So I think, I think uh, we should read that quickly. Um, even though I'm trying to, to speed up a bit. Let's read that quickly. So Joy, if you can please help us uh, go to Romans 4, 18 to 21. Romans 4, then we'll read from 18 to 21. Romans 4, 18 to 21. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Amen. So we see here the attitude of faith. So when we look at Abraham, if we look at that scripture, right? So it says that Abraham true believed God, right? So not as the promise of God, true unbelief, but was strong in faith. So Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded. Now, you see that word? Fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform. Now, see that word, fully persuaded, is a keynote. Let's go quickly um, to the previous lesson where we say that faith to God enables us to do something. It says it enables us to see the definition. Faith also enables man to be fully persuaded of God against many contradictions. Now, if you look at Abraham, there are many contradictions around him. His age, his body, Sarah's womb, those are contradictions, situations telling him this is hopeless, you can't get a child, right? So we're going back to the third lesson, right? Which is it's also the most wanted man for his need. You see how they are intertwined. So in depending on God for your need, you are also fully persuaded that God can supply. So let's take note and also, if we can, meditate on that word. Being fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. And, you know, we can also pray, even in our time, that God will help us to be fully persuaded concerning his things. That concerning our interaction with God, that we can be fully persuaded of him. Amen. So, so being fully persuaded, it was, it, it, it was strong in faith. So we see that faith towards God enables us to depend on God for our needs. So Abraham trusted God, believed God, and God gave him a child. Amen. Now let's go to the next line. And this one is talking to us about uh, things concerning the gospel. It says, most of the miracles in the four gospels are product of faith. So most of the miracles in the four gospels are product 
of faith. Now, of course, the four gospels we're talking about talks about the gospel of Christ. We're talking about Jesus. And the four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But you see, uh, in this in this class, we have examples from Matthew 9:22. Um, let's quickly read that. Uh, Matthew 9:22 and then 29. And then someone will help us read Mark 11. Uh, 22 as well, and then Luke 5 20. So let's start from Matthew 9 22. Matthew 9 22. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith had made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So this is Jesus performing a miracle here, and he said, Did what? What allowed this to happen is faith. So Duma was able to trust God for our need. Amen. So can we read uh, verse 29? Verse 29. Yes. Then, then touch he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith be it unto you. So God, you can see that faith is also involved here when Jesus was performing this miracle. So I'll read it. Uh, it says, then touch he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you, according to your faith. So they have faith unto God. And Jesus used that, connected with that, says, according to your faith, be it Unto you, and then the next verse tells us that their eyes were open. So Jesus was healing the blind here. Amen. Then we we'll quickly read Mark eleven twenty two. I think I'll read that. Mark eleven twenty two. Can we read that, please? Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus answering and. Jesus answering, said unto them, have faith in God. Amen. So Jesus answering, said unto them, have faith in God. Amen. Now, this is talking about, for those that may not know, because to give us a little bit of context, Jesus was talking to the disciples, right? But in verse 20, you can see, I read quickly, it says, and in the morning as they passed by, this, by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, before then, Jesus had caused the fig tree. And when they were coming back in the morning and they, they saw it dry, they were like, oh, wow, it's dried. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou caused is withered away. And Jesus answered unto them, have faith in God. Amen. So um, Luke 5, 20. Luke 5, 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Amen. See, you now notice that one of the key things in all these miracles that we're seeing here is faith. This one also says in Luke 5.20, it says, and when he saw their faith, he said unto them, unto him, sorry, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. So this was also a miracle. Amen. Uh, 
And this was him uh, healing a man that was crippled. And they had to let him down through the roof because they could not get access to Jesus. And when, this, when Jesus saw their faith, right? Imagine, you know, they, there was no, no, no way to get to him. They had to use, by faith, went to the roof, open roof, dropped him in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw a demonstration of faith. Ah, says that sins are forgiven. And by forgiving these sins, he was able to work. And then that was that miracle. So I'll move forward, forward to the next lesson. But I guess this established, you know, this particular topic about what faith enables us to do, and which is to depend on God for our needs. So faith was, was enables us to depend on God for our needs. So, and this one, I'm pretty sure we can all relate to this one way or the other. Amen. So let me go to the next, the next, uh, I'll say section. It says things to know about faith. So there are things we should know about faith. And uh, I like the way this you know, was outlined, and this, and, and, and I believe this, this, these things are very, very important. And first of all, what it says here is that faith is a gift. And I don't know if, uh, again, I forgot, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I mean, last week I also mentioned it that um, I believe most of us should have the, the book we're using. And if you can, please uh, just read along with us as we are reading through the book and you know, just participating in that, that will also help establish the understanding. Amen. So things to know about faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. So every kind of faith is a gift from God. God is the author of faith. So every kind of faith is a gift from God, meaning that nobody nobody or anything can operate faith without God because it is a gift from God. So if God doesn't give it, we can't operate it. Amen. Meaning that God, God, how do I put it? God is, is the source or is the base for faith. We'll see that later. And it says God is the author of faith. And of course, we can see this in Hebrews where um, Paul was also referencing uh, faith that Jesus offered. Uh, there, is no, there is no faith being authored without God. Every authored faith, God is involved. Amen. So God is the author of faith. Every word he speaks is full of precious seeds, which when received in the heart, yields results. The Bible says, Faith comet. Amen. Faith comet. Now let's let's read that Romans 10, verse 9. Actually, uh, I believe we need to read it so we can see um, where this is coming from. Because there's a scripture that tells us about, about faith. It says faith comet. So can we read Romans chapter 10? Verse 9. Romans to 10. 10, verse 9 to 10. Romans 10, verse 9 to 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now this is talking about 
know, when we get born again, like I mentioned, that we can't even get born again without faith, right? So if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is also a gift from God. Now, you now realize, uh, you know, we can see this further, uh, that, uh, you know, in the book of Ephesians, where Paul was also saying that uh, we are not saved by ourselves, right? Without without grace, without faith, we can't be saved. So we are not saved by ourselves. We are saved through grace, right? Talking about, it just shows clearly that even getting born again, God has to be involved. Holy Spirit has to be involved to move things, to, to, to get faith to be ignited in the heart for us to believe, oh, there's an invincible God. I believe in him. I give my life to him. For us to do that, it means we are trusting in the invincible. We are trusting what we can see. That can't ever happen without faith. Right? So it says when God speaks, his word is full of precious seeds. It means that every word from God is full of precious. It's a seed. It can germinate. It can, can resurrect things. Let me put it that way. It can resurrect things in the heart. It can resurrect. It can it can create a response in a soul. It says, it's full of preciousness, which when received in the heart, yields result. And you now see this process that we are, we are saying, you must believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. Amen. So talking about that process. Now, when I read verse 17, we now talks about faith coming. So can we quickly read that verse 17? Uh, okay, let's read verse 17. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So, it says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, what we are taking out of that verse to explain that is a gift is that faith cometh, meaning faith has to come. Where is it going to come from? It is from God. If it's coming from God, then it means that God must have given it as a gift. So God gave it, so then it came to you. So faith cometh, faith cometh. Because faith cometh by the word, it means that it is a gift from God. So every kind of faith is a gift. So let's not forget this Bible verse, Romans 10, 17. It says, faith cometh, faith cometh. Comet. You can keep saying that to yourself. Saying faith, comet. You'll be so shocked. If you keep saying faith, comet, faith will start coming to you. Amen. God will know how he will arrange it. And it just means that you are meditating. When you say faith, you don't just say it without you know, being involved. You must also activate faith by saying it. I hope that makes sense. Right? Meaning that you must believe it. You must meditate on it. You must give yourself to the word. What you are giving yourself to is the word. Not just saying faith coming, it is the word because that is where faith comes from. So you are declaring the word. So faith comes by the word. By the word. How does faith come? By the word. So faith comes, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes, faith comes by hearing. And you know that it is hearing. If it is hearing, it means it must be said. You must say it's a sound. Faith comment. Faith is a sound. It's a sound. It's God said it. The sound of it came. And then your hear heard it. You know, the way you have here in the natural, you have here in your soul. So when you say you hear faith and hearing, it's not just, you're not, even though your natural ear can participate, 
there's also your inward ear, the ear of your soul, which hears things that you can't hear in the natural. It all things in because what you hear in the natural is actually speaking of things spiritual. So when your natural ear hears, your inward ear must also hear. Amen. So faith cometh by hearing. What do you hear? You hear the word of God. So you now realize that there's no way you can talk about faith and remove God. There is, there is, there is, it is, it is the transact, it is the, it is the, it is the, the means of transaction. That is how you talk to God. That is, it is by faith you speak to God. When you're actually praying and you are talking, Lord, I believe that you're going to answer me. That is faith at work. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. How do you know uh, is there and is hearing you? It's by faith. When you are praying the Lord, I thank you for your mercy to the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about my job. I would like you to you know, lead me and guide me. You have faith in God. It is faith at all. Meaning you are putting your total reliance. Because you could have just tried to do all these things without praying to God. You could have just tried all these things without thinking. But there is something else at work in you. There is a relationship you have with God. There is faith at work. Which changes your response, the way you think, the way we think, the way, the way we relate with God. It is faith. Amen. So faith, comment, it is a gift. Let's not forget. Faith is a gift. If it is a gift, it means it has to be given. And it comes. It comes by the word. Faith, comment. Which means that if we lack faith, we can pray for faith to come. Why? Because it is not us that activate. It means that you can pray to God to help you, to give you faith, to help your faith. Just like uh, what's his name? I forgot, but I remember the, the incident. Said, Help my unbelief. The same way, let me see if I can uh, quickly, quickly find that. I think maybe some of us can find it. But let me see. Uh, I think it's Mark 9. Mark 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mark 9. Yes. Mark 9. Let's read Mark 9 verse 24. 24. 24. Okay. All right. Can you please help me read it, please? So it says, And straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that he said, Lord, I believe. Help down my own belief. So it means that <laughs> for you to believe is, is, a, is, is a sense of faith, but it was weak in faith. See, I believe, but help my own belief. It means because when it comes, we will see, we see later that faith can actually increase. There's a measure of faith. So you can have little faith. You can have many faith. But what God does need from you to get things going is just a tiny measure of faith. It doesn't have to be a giant faith. But God wants to grow that faith to be a giant faith. But what God does need from you is just to exercise a little bit of faith. The man says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Amen. Amen. Now, now, so the, the scenario is that a man brought a son to Jesus to be healed. 
So he had a dumb spirit. He was dumb. And he has been trying, trying, but it has been, it has been a serious case. But the sons of Jesus. Then let's read, let me quickly read verse 18. It says, And whatsoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And well, let me read it further. Say, so that it's clear to us in verse 17. It says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. So it's a dumb spirit. It says, And where, where, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth. And pan it away. And I speak to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So they were, they were trying to cast out the spirit, but they could not. He answered him. You know, imagine that kind of a situation, hopeless. Ah, see people that have been with Jesus, they are trying to cast out the spirit. Oh, more. Ah, the spirit knows you know, that can even reduce faith in the soul. Perhaps now that cannot understand why the guy is saying, Lord, help my own belief. But let me read for that. And they could not. And he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when they saw him, straight to, straightway the spirit tear him. And he, and he fell on the ground. Now, are we seeing adversary? Mm -hmm. Adversary in the face of the man. And wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of it, and he said, of a child. And oftentimes, that means since he was little, and, he, and it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus answered unto him, if thou can't, can believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. And straight away, the father of the tribe cried out. Jesus just said, just believe. I just did not just activate into faith. He said, Lord, I believe, but help, help my own belief. Amen. So when Jesus saw that the people came around, Together, if you book the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. So, by doing this, Jesus has already helped his own belief, right? Casting out, casting out the demon alone would generate some faith in you. Ah, yes. But what I'm saying, or what I want to bring out of this, is that we can ask God for the gift of it. I'm, I'm not saying like the gift of the spiritual. It just because faith is a gift, meaning that anything that is given to you that is not your own, somebody dash you. Let me not use the word dash. If something is given to you of another, it is a gift to you. So when God, God can give faith, God can allow faith to grow in the soul. So if we lack faith, we can actually pray for God to increase our faith, for us to grow in faith. Because we really do need to grow in faith. So because it's a gift, it means we can ask for it. Amen. The same way a child can ask for gift from his parent, his or her parent. Now, let me move to the next one. Faith is a substance. Because of time, because I have one more, less than an hour now. Ah! And I have how many? Okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to rush, but I'll try and move the faster, faster pace, but too fast as well so so we've seen that faith is a gift then faith is a substance now please don't forget these things that we are seeing here the way we defined faith earlier is that faith is a substance and evidence of things we're not going to see how these two things come together when explaining faith 
things to know about faith because we've defined it that faith is a substance and is an evidence. Now, let's expand that a little bit more. So what is faith? So faith is a substance. Faith is the tangibility of God's promise. The first phase of God's promise is hope. The promise first come has hope without substance, not tangible enough to hold on to. Faith then makes the promise real to our spiritual sense. What does this mean? Now, faith is the what? Tangibility of God's promise. Meaning faith is the substance of God's promise. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, let me take those two. Things hoped for. You realize that it's something that is hoped for. Things not seen is still referring to what is hoped for. Right? So, faith will give you a substance and then a evidence. We'll see that in the tooth. The, uh, the two things to know about faith that uh, we're going to, 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 to read. So the first of, first of it is the substance, right? So faith is a substance, is the tangibility. So when you say faith is the substance of things hoped for, meaning there's a hope. Now, that hope, we can refer to it as God's promise. So for example, when somebody tells you, I will give you a car, immediately you begin to hope for the car. This person promised me a car. Well, thank you, Jesus. Ah, this person has promised me. Meaning you begin to hope for it. You begin to hope for it. Now, let's look at it this way. If a natural person promised you a car, you notice that you will not rush them every single day and be saying, hey, hey, that car you promised me, uh, when am I going to get it? Now, of course, if you are close to someone, you may be able to believe that with behaves like that. But you still notice that there's some level, some level of caution still. You just know that you just force them. <laughs> that car you promised me, give it to me. I need it tomorrow. You realize that you can't do that. Even though you are close and you are friendly with the person, you just be like, ah, that thing, when will you, when will you really give me? Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just excited. When do you think you'll be able? But even for you to say, when will you, you must have a very, 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 very close relationship with that person. Because if you're just somebody that, let's say you don't know, and just say, I'll give you. All you'd have to do is just wait until the person bring it, right? Even though you will be hoping for it. But sometimes we, I, I know this is a quick digression, Shabbat, but sometimes we, when we're asking God for things, we are, we, we are, we are like that so that we'll be asking God, hey, God, that, that car, uh, can you give it to me tomorrow, please? I really do need it. It's very important. It's urgent. Everybody around me has a car. Me too, I need one. Faith is not like that. It's not supposed to be worked like that. And we'll see it later. As we know that faith has a patience. That's part of the characteristics of faith. Faith has a patience. But we'll get to that. Let me not move ahead of myself. So, regarding this tangibility, the hope, let me hinge on that. So, God's promise is a hope. So, the first phase of God's promise is a hope. So God will speak to you. If I say faith comments, right? God speaks to you and tells you, I will do this, this, and this. Then that creates a hope. Now look at the interaction of that hope and you. It creates a hope. Now there is something that must happen in you. One, or it's not one, 
one either you believe what you heard or you don't now when you don't believe you don't even think about the the promise or anything just throw it away now you now realize that when god gives you a promise for you to be able to believe it you know god you can't see him that is in the invincible now and i'm like like i said earlier i'm going to emphasize on that that invincible being able to to move into the invincible to live from the invincible is highly important for a believer now that's the first thing that or let's say that's one of the things that god wants to recreate in a soul so when we get born again we really lack the ability to live from there from the unseen from you know to, to interact with god that you can see that thing will lack it a lot no matter how you know oh i believe i believe as as a newborn believer we really 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 we need to do that thing we have to grow in it the, the, when I say growing, it means we have to increase in faith. So we have to grow in faith. We have to increase in faith. And that has to be by relationship, right? So what allows us, let me let me quickly go back because I just have to mention about that invisibility. And you're going to hear me say it a lot. The more I repeat it, the more we can get into us. Amen. So God's promise, like I said, God's promise is a hope. So when God talks to you or when you are talking to God or you are interacting with God and all of a sudden you come into an awareness of something that God wants to do for you. One thing you realize is that something inside you allows you to hinge onto it, to lock onto the promise. Now, what allows you is because you received a substance of what God has just spoken to you about. Now, Without a substance, there is no tangibility. There is no laying hold. Now, what makes what is invincible tangible? Because by natural definition, things invincible is not tangible, just by natural. It's not what tangible means you can't hold it. But that doesn't mean that you can't really hold it. So, for example, a virus that is invincible can be in your hand. And you can be holding it, but you didn't know you are holding it because it is invincible, right? Because you can hold the key, which you can see, which is you know, big, and you can see it and be like, oh, that's tangible. But a virus that you can't see is also tangible. You don't know it is tangible. I'm just using that as an example. Now think about, think of things spiritual. Now, when God speaks, what God gave you is tangible in the spirit. But a natural man can't lay hold on that tangibility. It takes faith at work for, for us to receive the tangibility of God's promise. Now, to move further from that, your relationship and interaction with God is based on this. How? For you to hear God and God talks to you, and you know that you are talking to God, I was just talking to God, and God was just talking to me. How do you know God was talking to you? There's a tangibility of that experience. Because things in the spirit, as, as there's been movement in the spirit into you in the natural, and you that is experiencing it, it is tangible to you. So whenever a soul experiences God, even though they can't explain it in the natural, it is tangible. What makes that tangible is faith. So there is tangibility. So faith is a substance, meaning that what delivers substance to you of things invincible is faith. Is what delivers it to me and you. Without faith, you can't lay hold on the tangibility of the spiritual, of the invincible. You can't. 
So the way you relate, so for example, if, if you have a pen in the natural, now imagine that pen is a spiritual thing. Because it's spiritual it's an, and it's from an invisible world, you can't see it. But you can lay hold of a pen in the spirit, even though you're not holding it in the natural. But you can lay hold of a pen in the spirit and you will know you are holding onto a pen. What allows that is faith. So the interaction between you and God has to be by faith. So faith is a substance. It delivers substance to you. So when God gives you a promise, it's a hope, right? It's a hope, meaning you are, you are hoping for it, you are hoping for it. But for you to believe it, so see, the promise first comes as a hope without substance. So when God, talks, and, and don't, don't forget, what, what we are really, really dissecting is that definition of faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. What you are hoping for is initially not tangible. You can't lay hold on it. Because what you are hoping for. But for you to lay hold on it, there has to be a substance of it. So what is really happening between God giving you a promise that you believe in is that God has given you a hope and inside you, you have received a substance of it. That is why it is tangible to you. And it is so real to you, even that it may not be real to anybody else. It is real to you. It is real. To, so the way Holy Spirit can be beside you and be talking to you and it's so real to you. And somebody around you may be wondering, ah, is this person crazy? It's not real to them. But it could be real to you. So real. And it can't be seen. The way, let's put it this way. The way Holy Spirit is, you can refer to the Holy Spirit as a person is because there's a substance of it deposited in your spirit. And you can lay hold on it. So therefore, you can interact with it. And you know that you, have, you are talking to the Holy Spirit. You are interacting with the Holy Spirit. And it's so tangible. There is a substance of the reality of that realm that is brought to you. So the promise comes first. When God talks to you, the promise comes as a hope without a substance. Because it's not tangible enough to hold on to. Then faith makes that promise real to our spiritual sense. Remember, it's not natural sense. Our spiritual sense, because it is with our spiritual sense that we interact with God. How? Because a spiritual man, a common man, cannot receive anything. Remember the word thing. Remember I defined it earlier. Thing, thing. And remember, we define faith as the substance and evidence of things. And then Paul was telling us in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I believe in chapter 2, but a natural man is even not the things of the spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. So to for and how you discern is because your spiritual senses must be activated. So when your spiritual sense is activated, you are you can you can discern things in the spirit, you can receive things in the spirit. So faith is what makes the promise real to our spiritual sense. So when God speaks, faith makes the promise real to us. So it's almost like, so imagine an invisible someone telling you, I'll give you something. It can, it, if anybody hears you, they'll be like, is this person crazy? But to you, it is tangible. It is real. Now, it is real because there is a substance of it that is made a reality in your spiritual sense. So you can lay hold, you can, can lay hold of it in the spirit. So I can see that faith is a substance. It's makes the promise real. It was to make things in the spirit real to our spiritual sense. I hope I've been able to explain this. Let me move forward. 
So faith is an evidence. Ah, I think I spent like 12, 12 minutes to explain this. So let me go further. So faith is lie, it's an, it's an evidence. Let me read from that. So faith is an evidence. So let's not forget we've we been talking about uh, faith being an evidence and substance of things. So faith beams witness to the promise. So for example, you've lay hold on a promise, not to lay hold, you, or, so the, the, the promise has been made real to you by a spiritual sense. So your spiritual sense has been heightened. You've received a substance of it. But then there's another level. You need to, you, you need to have the evidence of it. So this faith, faith is not going to give you substance alone. It's also going to give you evidence, meaning without reasonable doubt. It's an evidence. No, it will remove reasonable doubt. Faith so faith will give you a substance. It also gives you an evidence, or it will deliver evidence to you. So let me read it. Faith beams witness to the promise with spiritual reality. So when God makes a promise, he backs them up with assurance that convince our heart to believe without physical evidence. When things doesn't seem natural, or sorry, doesn't seem real. So God gave you a promise. I'm going to give you, I don't know why I'm using these examples, but I guess it's the best way to, to explain it. So when God gives you a promise, and of course there could be many, many, many promises that God can give you. I mean, we know clearly from scripture that the promise of God are not really, really carnal things. I need to make that clear. However, God can supply canals. Like I've explained earlier, remember we say part of the things faith does is that it enables rather it enables us to trust God for our needs. And because we are on earth and we have natural needs, God can also supply that. But God's promises mainly is about his life. Our hope, our journey is about God's life, to inherit his life. He is our inheritance. But we also look at aspects of our lives that we interact with the natural here, right? So God can give even promises in that area. But again, in that area, but the true promise of God really is eternal life, is what God wants to, is what God promised us. This is the promise which he has promised us, even eternal life. It is eternal life. However, because we are here, God can also answer to our carnal needs. So God can do that. God can decide to provide you a car because he knows that you need it. God can give you money because you need it, right? So when I say this, it's not to, for us to just go, oh my God, yes. Of course, exercise your faith, right? But know that God, what God does is God supply needs. God supply needs, not want. Although, you know, we just throw every want in his face. And sometimes we throw need, but it looks like want. God answers our needs. God answers our needs. So whatever you need. So, and there's scripture for that because the scripture tells us that he knows our need before we even mention them, right? So if he can feed the fowls of the, how much more? in answering to our needs. If we can feed birds, you know, you know birds operate by faith. Imagine they don't look, uh, you know, even though you see birds eating food, remember the scripture says that it's the father that feeds them, which means that if you see a bird looking 
and he found food ah, and is eating. It is God that made provision. If you see a goat walking and see grass, ah, let me chop grass. It is God that made provision. So if God can feed all the birds of the air, he can feed you know, animals, things, how much more us who he freely give the Holy Spirit? And I know the scripture says, how can he not freely give us the Spirit? Right, freely give us the spirit. So let's not forget that what God wants to 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 answer, or what God wants to provide, really is our eternal promise. But God can also answer our needs, so we can ask God for you know, things that we need. And there's nothing wrong with that. But one one thing that is very important is that we should know attitudes, attitudes. Of, of asking. So attitude, our attitude is very important. So let me let me continue. So faith means so when God gives you a promise, let me quickly explain that. I, I don't know. I just know that I need to explain that before I go further. So faith beams witness to the promise with spiritual reality. So when God gives you a promise, like I say, an example, I will provide. So let's say you are in need, such a dire need of money. And then all of a sudden you just you just in your heart you just knew God will provide. So it means that God has spoken to you that He's going to provide your needs. Now for you, you know, imagine you are praying and then all of a sudden something just tells you you are going to provide and then you believed it. You need to look at that interaction. It is spiritual. Why? Because you received the promise and then so, something allowed you to believe it and it's so real to you. There's evidence of it in your spirit. Even though there is no evidence in the natural how those things will come, how money will come. You don't even know what will happen. But this faith gives you an evidence in, in the promise in receiving it well the when god gives it is a hope that's the first phase no substance then faith delivers substance and then evidence to you so in the reality the faith makes the promise so real to you as if it is there so what it faith is doing is it makes or it gives the evidence of the promise so faith beams witness so what faith does it what is a beams? It shines witness, meaning that in your spirit, so connect and get the evidence of the promise that this thing, it is true that God will provide. So what makes you to believe without any physical evidence and trust God is faith. Faith supplies evidence in you. So inside of you, you are able to trust God and believe that God will provide. Amen. Let me move further. So one of the other uh, things to know about faith is that faith is life. Amen. So let's not forget three things. Uh, 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 There are four things that we should know. There are four things that we should know about faith, right? So first of all, I'm recapping now, and I hope we're listening. So first of all, we should know what faith enables us to do. One, it enables us, right? It enables us to walk with God. It enables us to suffer for his name in place of contradiction. It enables us to also depend on God for our needs. Now, things to now know about faith, four things to know. Faith is a gift. Faith is a substance. Faith is an evidence. And then faith is what? Faith is life. If you forget everything else, don't forget this. Of course, you shouldn't forget everything else, but you don't forget everything else. Remember this. Faith is life. 
faith is life. Now, faith is, so let's, what, what we're trying to do here is that faith is living because God lives. We know that faith, we can't talk about faith without talking about, like, like we said, God authored faith. So you can't talk about faith without God. If God is living, it means that faith is living. If faith is living, it means faith is life. And there's scripture for that. Amen. Um, ah, okay, I mean, I think, ah, in short, the scriptures we're going to read is even here. So can somebody please help me open Romans 117? Joy, please. Can I just read it? Open Romans 117. And uh, I will read Galatians 220. Romans 117. Yes. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see there, so the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? Right? Of course, it is, it's not anybody that can be just. It is people that can be just. Uh, let me put it this way. People that can be just are believers. Potential just people. Right? So, but let's leave that. Let's move into the, the what the scripture is telling. So the just shall live by faith. If the just shall live by faith. It means that faith is a life. Why? Because people live by a life. So if they just shall live by faith, it means that faith is a life. And the more no, no, that we go through this, we'll see that really faith really, really is a life. The more we get closer to God, we realize that faith is actually a life. It's not just a thing that's just operate. Faith is a, is, a way, is a way of life. It's, way, it's how you live. Your composure, your disposition, your, your interaction with the, with, with, the, with the natural world, which you can see with, with, with the material world, your interaction with God, everything must be by faith. Like I said earlier, I, at the beginning of the, of the class, that you can't remove faith from you. When he said the judge shall live by faith, so when you are sitting down to eat biscuits and bread, are you living? If that's the case, therefore, faith is involved. So faith is life. I mean, of course, there are levels of expression of faith life. There are different expression of that, but we're not, we're not looking at that today. But I just want to establish that fact that faith is life. Faith is living. Because God lives, faith lives. So faith is designed or is meant to ensure we live a supernatural lifestyle. And that supernatural lifestyle is dependent. I, I don't know, we've been saying this thing, but I don't think we can say it enough. Keep saying it and keep saying it. To live a supernatural lifestyle, the word is supernatural. Supernatural. Natural means natural, you know, the one you see. Natural life, nature, you see nature. When in that says supernature, means supernatural, means that it transcends natural sense, nature. It is more than nature. It is something that created nature. So a supernatural, sorry, a supernatural lifestyle can only be by faith. 
So faith is meant to institute that, meaning that no institu an institution is a, is a, if you look at an institution, let's take a look at it, is for example, uh, it's a university is an institution. There are things set up, things to make sure that courses are going, there are laws in place, there, there are things, there are professor things that they set up, it's an institution of when you go through it, this is, what, this is the result you get. So what faith, faith is supposed to set up structures, um, provisions, substances, things, put things in us to ensure that we can move and live a supernatural lifestyle. So in, for us to live that, faith must be involved. You now realize that, what's, like I've been saying, that what Satan has done is to kill man, remove him from living a supernatural lifestyle, drop him from supernatural to natural, natural. Not just natural, even below natural. Because even natural things get sense as human being today. How? You will see, tree does not just wake up and say, I'm a goat. But you see men today, they just wake up, I'm a, I'm a baby, an adult with a grown, with, with an adult with wife and children, just woke up one day and just said, I feel like I'm a baby, so I'm a baby. And of course, I mean, if you wonder what just happened, it means that something has tampered with that sense. Now, it's just to tell you about how we are, how, how, how so much we are falling. We are falling beyond nature. We are not, we are not, we are not, we are not, we are, okay, let me put this, we were supernatural. Now we dropped to be natural. We are even dropped further from being natural. We are worse than natural. I don't even know if there's a word for that. Maybe, you know, some of our scholars here would know maybe a word for that, but uh, we are, we are, we are, we are, Satan has dealt with men so much that we are even, we are not normal. We are not natural. We are, we are, we are abnormal. Mm -hmm. We are abnatural. We are, we are not normal. No, natural, you have a sense of normality there. It means that beyond what makes, what makes logical, we are, we are falling way beyond that. Now, the reason why we are falling so much is that Satan has been removing faith. Outside of inside from is removed removed thing no faith put things together makes things to stand because if you look at the nature of faith it is a is a substance and evidence of things it means that when we put those two together you can have things standing but now look at men things are no longer standing we have infirmities things are not firm anymore things are just soft soft like 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 the the meat that instant pot with a very high pressure cook you now notice that you know those ones you just put like this you just break just remove the meat to just break just remove the meat to just break that's how infirm we are so not firm it's because we we lack faith faith has been so removed from our life faith is to institute a supernatural lifestyle in us means you must be able to believe in that which you don't see you must be able to remove things from the invincible to the natural because that is where you should live from. You should live from the invincible, not in the natural. Even though you are in this world, you are not off this world. What will make you to be not off this world is to be is the ability to live faith, to get faith, to use faith, to use faith to begin to activate your life. When you now begin to use faith towards God, you know. Faith towards God. Now realize that faith towards God begin to put things together, put senses together, put things together. Then all of a sudden, we begin to go grow much more in faith, grow much more in faith, grow much more in faith. Amen. When we live by faith, it will redefine life to you and me. 
when you exercise faith, you realize that your, the way your life is defined will be different. You begin to redefine things. But the way Satan has defined things to you and me, God will begin to redefine them by faith. What you used to think before that the only way to get this is to do one, two, three. Then faith will begin to tell you you can trust God. God can bring it another way. You don't just one, two, three. You can have one, and then God can bring hundred from somewhere. No, they're just telling you that there are diverse ways to make provision for my own one way. And God knows all kinds of ways. I know the best way to deliver things to you. So the most important thing to get away is that we are supposed to live a supernatural lifestyle. And it is faith that can define that. It will be a redefinition to the lifestyle that we live. So don't forget, faith is living. Faith is life. If it is life, means it is intertwined to your life and my life. It's supposed, it's designed to institute a supernatural lifestyle. A supernatural lifestyle is a lifestyle that depends on God for things and doesn't depend on, on things the way natural men would depend on God. Even when men are saying it's not possible, you'll be like, God will provide. And you see, God will provide indeed. Amen. So let's read Galatians 2.20 and then um, and then I'll, I'll move further because I, I, I spent time. I know I'm, I'm spending time to, to really, really talk about these things. The, the whole purpose is such, such that we hear it enough that it settles. You know, so let's read Galatians 2.20. I'll read it here. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Okay? Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, the life which I now live in the flesh, meaning in your natural body, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So you now see the key word here is living by faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So faith is a life. Faith is a life. If Jesus can live by faith, we can live by faith. And I see that faith restores life to man. It restores any time. You realize that any time faith is deposited in the soul, there's a measure of life given to that soul. Amen. So faith restores life. And again, uh, an evidence of that is the new birth. When you get born again, like I said, when we get born again, there's faith involved. Well, you know, a man that God has, uh, Satan has been removed, sorry, Satan has been removed faith from, and all of a sudden started believing, believing in God. What you begin to see is that the, the, the impact of new birth is that life comes, it restores life. How? The spirit of man, when, we get, when, when, it, when it goes through regeneration, life is restored to that spirit. So your spirit and my spirit received life. Life that was lost. We were lost. We are gone. Then by the reason of faith, giving our life to Christ, giving, believing in Jesus, we got saved and then life is restored. And then life will continually be restored in the soul until life is fully restored. It means that we should grow in faith, use faith, define another way of living, not the way natural sense live. It is faith in God trust in God, believing in the supernatural. When I say supernatural, I'm not talking about any supernatural because you can believe in, you know, there are all kinds of supernatural these days. You can believe in levitating and floating. That's witchcraft. And it's demons, it's demons, it's demons that you know, propagate that. So that's not what I'm saying. That's not the kind of supernatural. I'm talking about the supernatural 
of God because the, the real supernatural is God. So believing in a supernatural life means that a, a life that transcends the natural, which is in God, which God can provide, which God can supply, a lifestyle of God involvement, let me put that way, a lifestyle of total dependent, dependent, dependent on God and his word. That's also a supernatural lifestyle. Imagine you are trying to, you're trying to, to, to you know, to get pro, uh, supply for your need. And then where you find it is in scripture and in God. Is, is, don't you think that's supernatural? Don't you think that's awesome? The way men will naturally solve that kind of problem is start creating plan to, to, to do this plan. That's, that's even if they have time to make plan. They don't have time to make plan. You see all kinds of things that will not begin to begin to offload, you know, make different decisions and make different um, compromises. You do things you're not supposed to do. All those things, you now realize, now see that clearly when you move outside faith, it is sure that you will not live by God's life. Amen. So let me let me move further. But before I move further, let me come on something. Let me rephrase this again. Faith is life. Faith is life. There is faith is supposed to institute a supernatural lifestyle. Now, think about this. A supernatural lifestyle of faith is what you and I should live by. Supernatural lifestyle of faith, which means that most of our worries when it comes to things in natural should just go to the background. It means that we can just talk to God. There's a way, there's a way faith will produce, will produce response in his soul. Not like the way, there's a way, you know, sometimes we think we are using faith, but it's something else we are using. Because there is a characteristics of faith. If used well, you see faith as patience. Faith tells us that in everything, we can make our request known to God. It's a request known to God. Known to God. You can just make your request known to God. You pray to him. Amen. So there's so to 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 to, to, to clarify, there is nothing we can't pray to God for, we can't trust God for. But there is a characteristics of faith. We just don't do it anyhow. Amen. You should have patience, but we'll see that later. But just know this clearly that faith is supposed to define a supernatural lifestyle for you and me. It should redefine life to you and me if we are exercised by faith, meaning if we are using faith to live. It will redefine the way we see life. It will redefine our lifestyle. It's going to give us a supernatural lifestyle, not a lifestyle that is normal to the world, but a different way. And one of the things I'll say is that you have to see this in examples. Thank God. The next thing we're looking at is examples of faith towards God. Because most of it, because we are still growing in faith, sometimes we may not see all around the corner, but that's why God placed examples around us. That's why God placed people before you. That's why God placed people around you. And God began, God, because God is doing different kinds of things of faith in everybody. And as you have seen that, He should encourage you and then begin to generate faith in you. That's, ah, well, I guess maybe I'll talk about it again, but that's one aspect of that scripture we read in Romans, which says that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Now, in other words, it's by the word of God. But when he said the word of God, there are different ways God can also generate that. So, for example, if somebody is giving testimony about what God has done, it is still talking about the word in a way, right? So, we, what? Or let me put it this way. So, wherever the word of God is able to generate faith in a soul, 
So you can be reading the word and faith, you read, faith will come into you. Of course, there's a way, of course, there's a way with the word. And also, maybe you are in a meeting and then somebody is talking to you about how God just did certain things in them. As you heard that, that by hearing that word, it could generate faith in you as well. Because, hey, God did this for this person. Hmm, means God can also do it for me. It still is, it still is sense because it's, it's encouraging you in faith, showing that it is possible. But the difference in encouraging you in faith and the difference in envious in faith, it's not, it's not even in faith, it's envy. Where you say, ah, God, this person, God, what will you do my own? That's not the right response of faith. Faith should let, ah, why do you know ah, God can do this? If God can do it, then I will trust in him. In patience, not in haste. Because he that believeth shall not make haste. If you believe in God, you should not you should haste, should remove haste far from you. It's the saying that we must have patience in faith. Amen. So he that believeth shall not make haste. Remember that. So there's a faith response. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lifestyle of faith. Faith, where you hear the, wherever you hear the word of God, it, it has the ability to produce faith in you. And also, like I, like I explained, you know, even if you hear testimonies or you know, people talking about how God has helped them, you realize that it can generate faith in you. But all that is just showing you an example of a supernatural lifestyle, a supernatural lifestyle. So let's move forward. And I'll go to examples of faith towards God. I mean, we've just read 11, Hebrews 11, sorry. If you just read Hebrews 11, I mean, you can go on and on and on, but of course, that's what we're going to read. Um, so let's, let's go there. So examples of faith toward God. We have examples in the Old Testament, and we also have examples in the New Testament. And we have to see this aspect because, I mean, there could be arguments like, oh, maybe faith is just in the Old Testament, it's not in the New Testament, or it's in the New Testament, it's not in the Old Testament. All that will be dealt away with because we have examples. Even if, if, if you don't have New Testament, and Old Testament, you just look around you. Yes, examples of faith. But let's read it according to the word of God. Which say which gives us a different example because the, the place we can see it is clear in the word. I mean, if you see something happening, we wonder, ah, is this just check the word, right? We have examples in the word, and let's go to Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven. Hebrews and eleven three. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, just uh, I think. Uh, let's wait, we won't read it yet, uh, but let me see. But what, what we have in this class is that all the patriarchs of the faith were men who follow God with the light of faith towards God. Meaning that, what is it the light of faith towards God? It means that it is the, 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 with the understanding of faith towards God. So they had what was present, the light, the understanding that was present to them at that time uh, of faith towards God. So they used it. So the three Hebrew men in Babylon, they used faith towards God. I don't know if we can remember the example from last week. We read, we, we particularly read the, the passage concerning um, concerning uh, the three Hebrew, the three Hebrew uh, men. So uh, I don't think we're going to spend time reading it again today. But of course, we know this. We know the story about the three Hebrew men that, you know, they were asked to bow to um, the statue uh, that Nebuchadnezzar made, and they said, "No, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. No, 
still still saying what faith enables us to do, right? To you know, believe in God against all odds. Uh, they said, no, we're not kept to answer you this matter. We would go, we will not bow. Yeah, and God will save us. And if it does not so we will still not bow. So they threw them into the fire. They had faith. And all of a sudden they saw another man in the fire and they brought the men out and they were not burned. That's an example. So we have Noah and that's Noah's ark. So when God told Noah to make a boat and he was telling everybody, repent or repent or there's going to be a flood. Nobody believed, but he believed God. He, he built the boat and it was saved. Then we have Abraham, of course, we use the example, Isaac, Jacob, Samson, David. They're all examples of men who were exercising faith towards God. Now we can look, let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 3 and then we can read through that because they also talked about what happened to them. So Hebrews 11 um, verse 3 and then we'll read up until read up until 13. So let's read from Hebrews 11 verse 3. Through faith we understand that the world were framed by the word of God so that Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By okay. faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Okay, pause. By faith. Okay, so I think just to see from the scripture, the, the first example they give us, the first example is that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Meaning that the things you see were not made by physical things. It is the invincible that made the visible. So showing us how faith, God, you know, God was telling, was, was saying, let there be light, let, there, let the firmament, you know, let all the waters gathered over and below, right? And let land gather out to one place. They are showing us faith at work. So when God spake, as he spake, there was faith in it. It's the God kind of faith. Faith was at work and things began to show. Things began to show. Things were coming, in, uh, coming alive. Amen. So that's the first example we have. And then the next example they gave us is, Ab is Abel, which offered a, an offering unto God. And God took his offering. So they're saying that your father sacrificed in faith. It is that sacrifice was of faith. So and I remember the scripture tells us whatever is not of faith is sin. So let's continue from verse, verse 5. Hebrews 11, 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Eight, 
By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Nine. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Ten. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Or we can Amen. skip 10 and go to 11. Actually, let's read 11. 11. To 11. Yes. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Promised. Amen. Amen. So we see here different examples of faith in the Old Testament. Of course, their story is really in because this we're reading from Hebrews is the New Testament, right? But we're they're giving us example of things that actually happened in the Old Testament, and we can read from Genesis when you read Genesis to Exodus. Uh, you know, you can see all these things that they talk about. Uh, even David as an example, you have to read further. Um, so David uh, had faith. So for example, when he was, you know, about to, to fight Goliath, you know, he believed in God that God is able to deliver the uncircumcised Philistine into his hand. And he, he fought Goliath and Goliath died. Just one, one strike of a stone. Of course, the, well, I'm just saying, you know, because I'm showing you us movie. As, as David was shooting the slingshot, the stone, maybe an angel would just attack the stone. B just hit Goliath in the forehead and then he died. And that was it. Uh, but what I'm trying to explain here is that uh, David had faith and believed that God is able to deliver Goliath into his hand. And he was able to conquer Goliath. And the thing is that there was all odds that he can't conquer Goliath. You're just looking at faith. Sorry, looking at Goliath. Tall, strong, heavy and him, just one tiny little boy. And he was able to fight him and he killed Goliath. Goliath. God delivered Goliath into his hand and it was fate at all. He trusted in God because he knew that God can deliver. Because he had fought bears and lions. He fighting all those bears, not just ordinary, because God must have been you know, having, he must have faith, so much faith that he was, was able to be strengthened. You, you notice, they talked about Sarah here. said that Sarah received strength to conceive. So faith can also produce strength in you. For example, faith can produce strength in David to fight lion. Say, this lion, I will kill you today. Ah, this Goliath, I will kill you today. God will deliver you into my hand. It's faith that is producing that response in him. Every And you see the way a natural man will respond is the way everybody, even saw, responded to Goliath. All of them saw him. They were, they were, they were thinking, they are not thinking supernaturally. They were looking at the natural. Hey, tall, huge. What is, is, his sword is probably taller than each, each of them. And if you just swing it at once, all of them are dead. So imagine that. They were just looking at all those things. But somebody out of that camp believed God. You didn't even see all that. Just saw an uncircumcised Philistine and said, God will deliver you to my hand. That is faith at work. Amen. So let's look at examples of the New Testament faith. Um, because of time, I'm rushing a bit now. I only have 10 minutes. Ah! Oh, Lord, Lord. 
I'm sorry, I'm not as I'm not as uh, as good like uh, you know the pastor film. They were able to quickly do this and do the work. Me, I'm sad. See how how slow I am. Um, so New Testament examples of faith towards God. So God did not only quicken our spirit at new birth, but he also restored faith to our heart. Thank you, Jesus. So God did not only quicken our spirit at new birth. When we're quickened, he also restored faith to our heart, you and me. So the early churches, both in Jerusalem and the Gentile nation, experienced great signs and wonders because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, if you look at the book of Acts, we can see everything there about what God used the early um, church to do, right? Uh, you have Paul that is shadow, sorry, Peter that his shadow was healing the sick. Um, the man at the beautiful gate, you know, he, he was lame, rise up and walk. He walked, say, Siva, imagine you were at the beautiful gate. You know what? I don't know if we'll read it, but let's just read the examples that we have here in scriptures. Can we go to Act 14, verse 8 to 10? Act 14, 8 to 10. Yes. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Awesome. Amen. So we see the healing of um, the lame here. Someone that was lame that can't walk, the cripple. He was healed. And it is because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. So see, see, see that. See faith at work. Paul knew that. That person had faith to be healed. In short, if he doesn't, if he didn't have faith to be healed, he actually may not be healed. But he had faith to be healed. Paul perceived it and he just said, "Press up and walk with a loud voice," and that was enough to get the man healed. So there's faith at work in him and also in Paul, because Paul it's almost like Paul connected to his faith. He connected, he joined his own faith with his faith that he perceived. And then said, rise up and walk. And that was faith as well. So faith is, faith can produce miracles. Now, like I said, faith is involved in every aspect of our life. When it comes to gifts of the spirit, even our interaction with God, everything, there's faith involved. Even though there's actually another, another gift of the spirit called the gift of faith. That one is the gift of the spirit is, is, is different. Right? I'm just talking about even in the in the in the move in, in the in in the in the activity of gift at work, there's also faith. Imagine you, let's say you have the gift of working on miracles and you lose faith. Of course, if God says you that sick, you run away. I know I don't think this will ever happen. Amen. So that's that's one. Now let's read Acts 9, 36, 41. Uh, let me not talk too much because of time. Uh, we'll just read the scriptures, talk about them for one day, a few seconds, and then we'll move on. Uh, I'm excited. Amen. Amen. So Acts Act 9, 36 to 41. Act 9, 36 to 41. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days, 
that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lida was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had, which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forward and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and lifted, and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Amen. So we can see faith at work in the New Testament here, where even Peter was able to raise the dead. Amen. We read Act 3, 1 to 11. Act 3, 1 to 11. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, Beautiful. to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I think and all the, okay. so we can just see the miracle there that, you know, that the example I was also given earlier where they saw the man at the beautiful gate. They didn't have any money. Said, silver and gold have I none. But such I have I given to thee. In the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is faith. Say, I don't have money, but I have Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he was able to work. That is faith at work. There are many, 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 many other examples concerning faith. And of course, if we are to look about them, we won't finish them today. Even they said there are many, in the book of John, they said there are many things that Jesus did that if they were to write it down, the book of this world would not contain it. Meaning that there were many, many, many things that faith can produce. Faith can heal. Faith can raise the dead. There's a lot of things that faith enables us to do. Amen. So, those, so we've seen examples of faith. Another example of faith that I will add to you from my own uh, angle, I guess, you know what? Let me just quickly give that and then we'll go further. Is there was a time, you know, I was, um, you know, I was a student driving that time um, and I didn't have money for gas. I know I used to give this example. Peter know me when I give this example a lot. And I don't know where money will come. Somehow, I just believe, I just perceived inside me that I can trust God for it. If I believe it in my heart that God, and I do not doubt, and I believe in my heart, I do not doubt, and I trust God, he will provide. So I just practiced it. I just, in my heart, I just trusted God that I will receive gas for the car. 
lo and behold, somebody came to the car away and returned it with a full tank. I'm like, ah, this thing worked. But the way a normal, a normal sense would believe is that they will carry, they will think, okay, I need to go and get more money, then buy gas. I mean, of course, the person that provided, you know, you know, how to buy gas, but it is God that moved the person to do that. So there's a way God can provide provide for us, supply our need. Even there was a time I was broke. I said, because I tried that one and it worked. I said, let me try it again. I was broke. I said, Lord, I need money. So funny, the next day, I want to visit someone and they gave me 50 US dollars. I'm like, ah, this thing is working. This thing is working. And God was just showing me that faith can produce. But there's much more because after a while, there's another faith God had to teach me. And of course, that faith is what we're going to see next. And that faith is what we call the faith of the Son of God, which is not just about those things. Like I said, this faith of the Son of God is concerning life. It's concerning the actual, this one is an actual dealing concerning the true promise that I mentioned for us that is about God's life. Amen. So in the next class, ah, it's nine o'clock. Sorry, guys. It's a sweet part. This thing is getting sweeter, eh? I'm sorry, please, I'm sorry, maybe it's only me. I'm really sorry that uh, I'm taking more time. I have, I still have a very, I, I believe next class will be able to finish everything because we only have a few things left. I'm very, very sure. Um, well, I think I'll just talk about this bit of the sun that is next, and then next week, next week, we'll also continue from the fate of the sun and then we'll finish Hopefully, by God's grace, we'll finish the lesson. Say, faith of the Son of God. Say, the faith of the Son of God comes by the revelation of Christ, which was not communicated in the early churches until God raised Paul. They all began with faith in the Lord Jesus. So clearly, look at the phrase there, and don't forget, and also look at the last. The last lesson, the last uh, topic we just uh, talked about, said the New Testament example. You say that. The apostle did great signs because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, that's a kind of faith. There's another faith now called faith of the Son of God. This is different. So the early church, they had faith in the Lord Jesus. Although in this class, we're not going to talk a whole lot about this faith, right? Because this class is mainly to talk about faith towards God. But it's good to introduce this so that we know that there's another faith that uh, we can learn or we can grow into called the faith of the Son of God. Now, look at it. It says faith of the Son of God. It is the faith of the Son. It is not your faith. Now, remember, all this faith you are using to trust God and believe God for things is your own faith. Remember in the example we read, when Paul perceived that the criminal had faith, he shouted with the last, he perceived that he had faith. You see, that faith belongs to the cripple. Then Jesus, you know, in the example we read, he said, ah, when he said, your, your, your faith made the whole. He said, hmm, I've never seen such faith in Israel. He's talking about their own faith, not his own faith. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uttered another faith that is for everybody. That faith is called the faith of the Son. It is defined as the faith of the Son of God. The same way, 
we have a dogged expression that talks about our own faith, about our reliance on God, which is faith towards God. There's also faith of Christ, the faith of the Son, which is his own faith. We have to express it as the faith of the Son, meaning it belongs to the Son, but it's for you and me. Let me read this. I don't know if I... Uh, Maybe I'm actually, actually said what is there said. He said, faith of the Son of God comes by the revelation of Christ, which was not communicated in the early churches. Until God raised Paul, said they all began with faith in the Lord Jesus, as shown in the words, your faith in the Lord, your faith in the Lord. That's, that's an exclamation. And we can see Ephesians 1. We'll get there next week. We'll read that next week. And hopefully God would help us for that. And I just wanted to know, let us know that faith is awesome. Faith is being restored. God is restoring faith in our heart. Faith is being sent into our heart. Even as we're going through these classes, I believe and I trust that God will also increase us in faith, even as we're going through these classes. Mahatu Fenema. Thank you, Father. So today, this is the end of today's class. Um, because of time, I will not take much of our time. And then, uh, Continue next week. Um, I'm trusting God that we'll, I will be able to speed up and, and and finish the class. And I just want us to say that we all should remember earlier. I said uh, faith is to um, institute a lifestyle to those. See, it gives a different sense of life for those that are exercised thereby. So the keyword is exercised thereby. Make sure that you are exercising faith every as you are living, meaning that you have to take you have to take account of how you are living. Is it based on a supernatural sense or is it based on a carnal sense? You have to evaluate. That's where you should live from. You should have a lifestyle of faith that is not just responding to things carnally in the natural, but responding to God in faith and in hope. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for today's lesson. Thank you for helping us. Mahato venemashte periata kali masite venemushite. E prazoto venemushite venemata paleoto veregasta. M sosa, M zanamata, El bata. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank, thank you for today. Let's just begin. I pray that faith will be restored in our heart. Wherever we are lacking faith, wherever we are not living a lifestyle of faith, that faith will be that God will send this. Let's pray that faith will come. Faith will come to us. Faith come it by hearing. Let's pray for faith to come. That faith will come to us wherever we are lacking faith, wherever our sense is not turned to faith, is not spiritual. That heaven will help us in the name of Jesus. I pray for Thank In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. You have helped us even to go through the class today, to the lessons today. So we have exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our day, as we you know, begin to meditate on these things, we pray that you begin to increase our faith in you. Wherever we are, we are weak in faith. We have. We pray that you will help us to receive strength in the name of Jesus. Amen. That you continue to help us and increase us in faith because we know that you can supply faith. You can 
Help us with faith. We ask, Father, that you train us, guide us, and increase us by your grace to grow Amen. in the faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, because you've answered our prayers today. For heart, you, heart, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen.